0: does have it all all of our pre-owned vehicles are hubler q certified which include a 128 point vehicle inspection a free carfax vehicle history report and two warranties a two-year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day 1,000 mile comprehensive warranty visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com good evening everybody i think that's how bob lovell says it i'm not bob lovell My facial hair looks more like him on a regular basis, but it is the summer without love. He's about halfway through his hiatus. My name is Greg Rakestraw, and the longer that I talk to open the show, the easier it makes my fellow Greyhound, Eddie Garrison, with our first of many Network Indiana scoreboard updates. Thank you Greg
1: Raikstra. It's a pleasure to be with you and Nathaniel Finch tonight in downtown Indianapolis. Have a lot of baseball going on. Have some games that are final some games that are going on right now in Milwaukee. It's a big series between the Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds It's the first of three games between the two teams right now or at least entering today The Reds had a two game advantage over the Brewers in the National League Central Right now they're in the middle of the fifth Milwaukee leads 4-2 to two, and all four of those runs came in the first two innings and the Reds just got on the board in the top half of the fifth with a two-run home run from Joey Votto. They're in the bottom of the fifth in Chicago. This is the White Sox and the Cardinals. And the struggling Cardinals are in front now five to one as Jake Berger hits a solo home run for the White Sox to make it a five to one advantage for St. Louis. Nolan Arenado hit a two-run home run in the third inning. That was a part of a three-run third. Chicago now down four. Just going final before the start of the show. The Chicago Cubs shut out the New York Yankees three to nothing. Jamison Tyone, he goes eight innings, does not allow a run, strikes out four, and only gives up one hit. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison.
0: Eduardo, thank you. Nathaniel Finch, it is the all Greyhound edition of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports again. My name is Greg Rakestraw. I am like the uh, cast of thousands it takes to give Bob a couple of months off during the course of the summer. Derek Schultz on the program uh, tomorrow night. I will call in around about this time. About 9.35, 9.40 after I complete a broadcast of hopefully a victory for the Indy 11 and hopefully one that is on time because we must have pissed off the weather guards or gods something fierce uh, because we had to move up a kickoff last because of of an incoming storm. We got the game done and completed. Um, Tomorrow's forecast does not look great. Not as hot, not as humid, but rain in the forecast. And so hopefully I have a 7 o'clock kickoff on time against FC tulsa tomorrow which allows me then to call the show on time if it's a really long storm delay maybe i call to start the show as kind of a pre-game preview of my indy 11 broadcast tomorrow night but a friday night off for me means i get to hang with you on great radio stations across the state of indiana thank you so much for joining us and thanks for carrying this show and again bob begins season number 30 of the show when he returns to this chair in four weeks friday august 4th will be the first time he is back in this chair looking forward to having him back when that is the case tonight on the program well we'll do what this show does talk about sports across the state of indiana that hence is kind of the name of the program and i'll talk about this when we have a guest on during the 11 o'clock hour of the show but it's funny you know, it's, it's kind of rip and react, read and react during the course of the football season, of the basketball season. It is just having coaches call the show talking about games. Well, during the course of the summer, we get some of that. We get all of our friends that cover minor league baseball across the state, Howard Kelman, Brendan King, Mike Maz, et cetera, that will call the show and talk about the Indianapolis Indians, Fort Wayne, Tin Caps, South Bend Cubs respectively guys like me that call to talk about the indy 11 on a weekly basis but other guests we kind of plan out and as much as this show allows which is never having a segment longer than 10 minutes but we actually do have some long form conversation on the show so i'm going to hit those headlining guests right off the top of the program Adam Alexander will join us. And Adam, of course, has been a guest of this show for the better part of 20 years. Dating back to his days as the radio voice of the University of Evansville Purple Aces. Obviously, he's been one of the voices of NASCAR now for the better part of the last 10 to 15 years. These days, you catch his work on Fox Sports 1, notably on Race Hub. And the NASCAR guys are in Atlanta this weekend. And if you actually know where that track is, they're about 30 minutes south of Atlanta in Hampton, Georgia. But they were much closer to a downtown proximity last week. And you could not get more close to downtown. It's one of the things we brag about in Indianapolis Annapolis Motor Speedway, being inside 465. That is not typical for a NASCAR race. Well, a street race had never happened before. Mother Nature did her part to ensure it didn't happen last week, but it still did. And Shane Van Gisbergen. Bet you didn't know about him before last week. If you were you know, out enjoying your life and didn't watch the NASCAR street race, you still have no idea who I am talking about when I bring him up. But he became the first rookie to win his first NASCAR start since a guy whose name rolls off your tongue pretty easily if you cover motorsports in Indianapolis. Lone Star JR, Johnny Rutherford, as in three-time Indy 500 champion Johnny Rutherford, who won the Daytona 500 back in 1963. First road course ringer to win a NASCAR race since Mark Donahue, another name that is part of the annals of Indianapolis 500 history, when he run a road course event back in 1970. I think it was the one at Riverside they used to run back in the day. So there's not as much cachet for NASCAR this weekend, and we're still five weeks away from NASCAR coming to the Brickyard the second weekend of August. I'll be there for that race on August the 13th. But there's still enough of a kind of an afterglow of, man, that was just different and cool in Chicago wanted to have double a on the program tonight and we will do that uh adam by the way is a graduate of north central high school he sounds like he's from north central of farmersburg but he went to the one in indianapolis well another guy that went to north central of indianapolis is my buddy scott agnes and frankly i think he is the most in the know reporter when it comes to all things indiana pacers he is literally at the thomas and Mack center in las vegas as we speak He's the only person in the building that's not talking about Victor Wembayama. And during breaks, I'm flipping back and forth between the Reds-Brewers game and Wembayama's sort of NBA debut because these summer league games don't count for anything. And because two top five picks got hurt in games earlier, Victor may not be playing very long in the summer league. Uh, But anyway, he is playing right now, and we'll talk about that and more with Scott Agnes coming up during the 10 o'clock hour. Other great guests that I will get to, but since I'm talking about Reds and Brewers, I'll update you as to what's going on there and what it has been like to be a Reds fan for this last month because I am one of those, and we're going to be awfully annoying to deal with for the rest of the season. Back with more in a moment on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Just getting warmed up Uh Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Hawk Greg Rakestraw. I am the substitute teacher contracted to host tonight's show. Tonight, Derek Schultz will have tomorrow. Brendan King next week. Brendan King will be on the show coming up when the South Bend Cubs wrap up their game and their broadcast. And I'm not sure if it was last or earlier this week that BK got the Gatorade bath instead of the player after a home game celebration. We'll talk to Brendan about that coming up. There has been lots of celebrating if you've been a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, which has not been the case very often all oh, for the last 30 years, I have been a Reds fan, not since day one, but since baseball became a cognizant thing in my mind. So I I just missed the big red machine. I was born at the end of nineteen seventy six. Like the first season I was truly a Reds fan was nineteen eighty two. And we went 61-101, and 101. and yes, I dropped a wee in there, despite the fact I have uh, never played for the team nor earned a paycheck from the team. But 61-101, that has been my dedication for the last 40-plus years. Now, I'll admit to you, I kind of fair-weathered it the last couple of years. I kind of checked out, and I had kind of checked out at the beginning of this season. But then you started hearing things like, hey, it's kind of like the groundskeepers in Major League. I'll clean it up for you, but maybe these guys aren't so bad. And then this guy named Ellie De La Cruz shows up. And it's funny, because I remember going through this exercise when Aristides Aquino, remember when he was a big deal for like a day and a half? And he was wearing number 44, and we go, hey, that's the next Eric Davis! Well, there's been a lot of next Eric Davis, this is, for us Reds fans since he left for Los Angeles in the early 90s, and since he was a part of the last Reds World Series championship team back in 1990. It's been since 1995 that the Reds have won a playoff series. I was at what I think is the last Reds playoff series when they were playing the San Francisco Giants. I guess they made the playoffs in 2020. the the COVID shortened season, you know, you kind of lose track of that. Well, I could wax poetic about my red legs for a while but we have a guest on the phone line. I've only got a couple minutes to get him in before we get to our next timeout. So my walk down Reds memory lane will have to wait. They are trailing by a score of 62 with the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's hope the Indianapolis Indians fared better tonight. The voice of the tribe and Howard Kelvin joins us. HK, how'd the Indians do this evening?
3: The Indians did great, Greg, and I'll walk down memory lane with the Reds <laughs> with you anytime.
0: But, uh, <laughs> well, let's, let's focus on current events. What was tonight's score? Who got it done for them?
3: The Indians won the game 2-1, to one, and as the score indicates, a lot of terrific pitching tonight. A couple of clutch base hits by Alika Williams and Ryan Belade knocked in the Indians two runs in the bottom of the fourth, gave them a 2-1 to one lead, and they made that hold up. So Jared Jones went four scoreless innings, uh, and Andre Jackson made his Indians debut. He pitched two scoreless innings, and Colin Selby with a one 2 3 ninth. Nailed the save, his fourth, and we had better than 13,000 people on hand in
0: Victory Field. That is wonderful to hear. Obviously, Victory Field was full last week with the Savannah Bananas being in town. Good to see they were showing up for the home team tonight as far as the Indianapolis Indians are, are concerned. I know there have been a lot of prospects that have come through and have been called up already. Guys like Messrs. Davis and Gonzalez. Your thoughts on what their MLB futures look like after seeing them earlier this year?
3: Well, Henry Davis was only with us about 10 days, but he has a really nice, compact swing. Uh, They talk about him as a catcher. That was his position at the University of Louisville. I'm not so sure he's going to be a big-league catcher. I like him out there on right field, and as I said, a really nice swing. Uh, I would have thought that Nick Gonzalez would have stayed here longer, and he might have had it not been for an injury. Nick Gonzalez made a big adjustment. Teams were getting him out with sliders down and away here in Indianapolis. Earlier in the season, he made the adjustment. And turned himself into a really good hitter. He has some pop. He's a good defender. So both of those men have bright futures.
0: Howard, my friend, we will catch up again soon. Thanks for dialing up. The Indians win it two to one. More scores next. Here's Eddie Garrison on Indiana Sports Talk. NBA Summer
1: League action is underway in Las Vegas. I think the player that everyone was waiting to see, and Victor Wimbanyama is making his debut right now with the San Antonio Spurs against the Charlotte Hornets this game on ESPN. Wimbenyama is played Five and a half minutes, he's got one for four from the field. Two points, or three points in total, three rebounds, and he has one block. On the other hand... Brandon Miller, the second overall pick of the Charlotte Hornets, he's two for five in seven and a half minutes in his summer league debut, totaling up to six points while contributing three rebounds. You just heard Howard Kelman recap the Indianapolis Indians' two to one victory over the Memphis Redbirds. The Fort Wayne TinCaps and the West Michigan Whitecaps just went final, and the Fort Wayne TinCaps pick up a five to three win. There are five games over five hundred now on the total season forty two and thirty seven. They scored each of the first three innings and then chipped in two more in the bottom of the fifth, and that was enough as the pitching staff restricts the Whitecaps' offense to just three runs. The South Bend Cubs and the Peoria Chiefs, are in a little bit of a shootout. It's 11-5 to in favor of the Chiefs. This is in the top of the ninth inning. They have scored six runs between the last two innings, have the Chiefs. One in the eighth and a big five spot and adding on here in the top of the ninth inning. All five runs for the Cubs have been driven in by Kevin Alcantara. He had a solo home run in the second inning and then tied it up at five in the bottom of the fifth with a grand slam. Now 12-5 to five, Peoria Chiefs with two outs in the top of the ninth.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: Ninth welcome back it is network indiana's indiana sports talk here we talk about the indy 11 i'm on this program a lot uh saturday mornings on our flagship station the fan in indianapolis i host a show called soccer saturday i talk to indy 11 head coach mark lowry on that show every week may have already taped that interview for tomorrow's show earlier today i'm going to bring you a portion of it and let's start by the craziness of last week's indy 11 match they're down two goals, they're down a man, and they pull a point. Here's Mark Lowry's thoughts on the way it went down last Saturday night.
2: First of all, it was entertaining. I hope everybody left kind <laughs> sure. of, you know, in their seats, heart in their mouth type thing, you know. And um, So it was an entertaining second half, which I think is always good. Um, saw incredible amount of fight, heart, passion, quality, you know. Um, it's not all just kind of grit and determination. There is There is a certain amount of quality that goes with being two goals down with 10 men and coming back. Um, so there's a lot of great things to take from it. Um, but then it you know begs the same question. Why, why were we a goal down, right? Why were we behind again? Um, when I look at the, the goal we conceded in the first half, it's a really poor penalty kick to give away. Um, should have been 0-0 going into time, which is, would have set us up nicely to go and win the game. Um, so there's a few things there we have to keep looking at and speaking about and working on and getting better at but also we take a lot of heart from, from the fact that the second half was a phenomenal performance.
0: Uh, let's talk about the guy that drew the penalties then we'll talk about the guy that made the penalties. Um, just your thoughts about Solomon Asante not picking up one whistle but two in the same about 25 minutes for you.
2: Yeah I mean he, he can do that. He, I think he's been a little bit unfortunate this season not to have one or two others called for him. He's very dangerous inside the box he, he, he has the ability to draw those penalties. You know, he's, he's quite crafty. Um, and his slow center of gravity helps. You know, he can get in between people and, and in between the bodies. So he's um, he has the ability to do that. And I think, I've spent a solo this season before, I think, what he can give us in 30 minutes, nobody else in the league can do that. Um, Over 90, it's a little bit difficult. You know, you have to manage yourself a little bit. You know, there's, there's a tactical element that goes into 90 minutes. But then, but coming on with 30 minutes to go, what Solo can do in that, the span of that 30 minutes, I don't think they're in the league as good as him in those situations, those moments. So, you know, he, I'm sure he wants to start more games. But I, I think he offers us so much in the final part of the game. And to have him fresh in those moments as sure. opposed to him starting and kind of being tired himself, right, in the last 20 Having him fresh is just such a, a weapon for
0: us to use. All right, so now he draws the penalties, and 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 now you've got Aiden Quinn that makes the penalties. Um, he's already second in club history in terms of penalties made. He's played 16 times for the club, and he's converted on five. He's the leading penalty taker in the history of the USL Championship. We could talk for the rest of this segment about how good of a player he is. What is it about his makeup that makes him so good from the spot?
2: he doesn't get faced he does aiden does not get rattled by anything he's got a very calm i wouldn't say he's calm because he plays emotional you know he gets angry he wants to win but in those moments where it requires a cool head he can provide that i mean it... <laughs> for the second penalty um he actually jogs over the bench to get some water before you know he went and took it and he he was standing there chatting to us while kind of solo was getting taken care of on the floor and all the commotion. He was just going to chat. like, which way should I go? Where should I hit it? He's just so calm and composed. It was like, <laughs> so you, when you have that demeanor, that helps him just kind of keep his quality in those moments.
0: Um, and so now it is Tulsa uh, that you will see, and a, t- a team we saw four times two years ago. You saw them twice last year. I know they've made some player changes, kind of like you have during the course of the season. What are your expectations from Tulsa coming up this weekend? <laughs>
2: I mean, they're a brand-new team. They've made a lot of change, like you said, in the off season. Um Being a little bit up and down for them, probably haven't got as many points they would have liked or expected at this point, which makes them a dangerous team, obviously, coming off a win. Um, and not just a win, but it was kind of a comeback from behind win for them as well. They were 2-1 down at Detroit, got a couple of late goals. So the way they finished that game, um, that'll give them some energy, you know, uh, and spirit coming into the game against us Um, they'll be organized Um, they've got a couple of forwards that are dangerous Um, but I think they'll give us some chances I think I think when you look at them that they would probably admit themselves you know that the defense is probably not the best part of their team so maybe they'll offer us some chances but I also know they're going to be dangerous going forward they've got Philip Goodrum from Memphis a couple of other guys around him with some pace so we know we have to be on our best game defensively and not give away those cheap goals that we've been giving away. And that's, that's you know, whether we're playing Tulsa, you know Phoenix, Louisville, whoever, it doesn't matter. We've got to stop giving away those cheap goals in the first half. So if we can do that, then, then we can go and beat anybody.
0: Well, you speak about forwards that are dangerous. You have one. Does he get to make his debut, or is he still waiting out the transfer window this weekend?
2: He'll be available. Hey. Um, he'll be available for us, which is great. Um, we'll actually have a full bench of pros for the first time in I can't remember how long, Greg. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, not only have we only had three or four players on the bench quite often recently, it has been a couple of kids on there, you know? Yep. With Benji coming on against Charles and Diego coming on, you know, a couple uh, against Birmingham. So for the first time this weekend, we will have a full 18 of, of, of fully-fledged professional players, which... Which is nice, you know, when you when you feel that like you can turn to bench and you have options. Um invariably games USL are usually tight and subs make the difference.
0: We are now to the halfway point of the season, as, as of the completion of the Tulsa match. Um knowing you you're hitting that halfway mile post. Just kinda of your thoughts as to where you stand and what you see going forward for this team.
2: Well, I think I think we stand in the position where we're clear what we need to be better at. Um I don't think we'll be good enough defensively. Um, and it's not collective. It really isn't. It's, it's making individual errors in, in the back line, and it's costing us gold, and we're, we're having to come from behind more than we would like. So if we can fix that going into the second part of the season, we're not going to lose many, if any, games. That's the reality. The games that we've lost, it, it's it's... Silly moments like that that have cost us. It's not because you're the other team have been better. and It's not because we played badly. I think we've played really well and, and lost games this season. It's just been a moment of, of lack of concentration or a lack of quality in a certain situation that's cost us. So we're clear kind of what we need to improve. Um, we've obviously added some depth to our, our front line with Pino Velasquez doing the second half of the season. They'll kind of gain some momentum and that'll help us there, but we've got, to, we've got to be compared defensively, and we're not letting in many goals, but I have such high expectations sure. I don't expect to let in any goals at all. So when we concede a goal that we essentially gifted to the team, that did not have to work for it, um, that really bugs me, and we need to get better at that.